Good evening, everyone. My name is Carmela G, and I am gratefully recovered for today from compulsive overeating. Tonight, I want to thank Kathy T for asking me to share on this meeting. Um, it's always nice and necessary to do service. The nice part is I feel that I'm with family members because many of you on the line are very similar to me. And I never realized that before I entered this program. Um, and service is something that helps me get out of myself. And the big book, which is what I've learned all my steps and what my sponsor has taken me through, the first 164 pages, plus some of the stories, the big book tells us that we must do two things. Number one, we need to find a power greater than ourselves. And number two, we need to get out of self and do service. Now, service could be either for family members, for friends, or in program. And I never realized the importance of Overeaters Anonymous because I was not willing to be open-minded. I was very closed-minded. I did not come into this program until I was 67. That's six, seven years old. That means I was a compulsive overeater for over six decades. And as the book says, the disease progressed and got worse and worse as I aged. And I can remember coming home from work and stopping at a snack place. It, it was a parlor that sold all kinds of sweets, everything. And I would sit at the counter on my way home and I would order tremendous desserts before any dinner. And I would say to the fella behind the counter who lived next door to my family, don't you dare tell them I was in here tonight. And he would say, oh, no, Carmella, I won't. And I would gorge myself before I even went home. 
And when my mother was alive as a young person, because, you see, I had this eating disorder from a very young age. My mother told me that once I was put off of baby food and onto table food, I immediately went to the sweets. And I thrived on them. And I can remember as a 20-year-old coming home from work and opening up the cabinets and shoving, and I mean shoving, food, snacks into my mouth. And my mother would say, Carmela, please, dinner will be ready shortly. Please, oh, Ma, don't worry. I'll eat dinner. I need this. I never realized that I was an addict, ever. I just thought I liked food. But as I progressed in years, I can remember coming home from work and shoving the food in my mouth and saying to myself, because now I was living alone, saying, oh, Carmela, your legs are going to throb. They're going to be so swollen. Your back is going to hurt so much. What are you doing? You're inflaming your body. And my response to myself was, I don't care. I need it. It took a young woman, a friend of my niece, and she knew me from her early childhood. We were at a family gathering, and she was there. And she came over to me as as I was sitting having my coffee and dessert. And she said, hi, Aunt Camilla, how are you? And I was very welcoming. And I said, oh, have a seat. Let me call the waiter over and get you some coffee and dessert. And her response to me was, oh, not for today. And I looked at her and I said, oh, you're one of those cuckoos. So she said, no, she said, that's why I came over to you tonight. I said, oh, yes, Kathy, what is it that you want to tell me? And she said, you are a compulsive overeater. Well, the welcoming, friendly Carmela turned into a raging lunatic. I slammed my fist on the table. I jumped up and I said to her, I am not. I can 
stop if I want to. But the interesting thing is I didn't frighten her off. She continued, and she was a very timid, quiet girl. And I was trying to bully her into not telling me that I was a compulsive overeater. But she insisted on continuing to talk, and she told me about an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. And I looked at her, and this made sense to me because I'm a nurse. And I understood allergy and obsession. I knew if I would go to the grocery and I would buy all my favorite quote-unquote treats, no matter where I hid them, if I was on a diet, I would get on the ladder and find them if I was desperate. And every night, I would be desperate. I would start off abstinent in the morning, and by nighttime, all bets were off, and I was shoving the food in like there was no tomorrow. And I ate myself up to, I stopped weighing, so I can't say any higher than, that I know, 315 pounds. And I was only five foot four. So I never saw that I had the biggest butt in town until one morning I'm walking into work and there was a window, and I looked before I entered work, and I looked in the window and I said, wow, whose fat butt is that? And then I said, Camilla, it's yours. And I walked through and never even gave it a thought because I thought if my nails were manicured, and I wore attractive clothing, nobody would notice that I was 300 pounds. Now, is this insanity? I was absolutely insane. But when this young girl told me about this book, she told me, I would like you to buy a book. It's called Alcoholics Anonymous. And when you buy that book, I'd like you to come to one of our meetings and you will get to understand the allergy and the obsession. And she told me about the doctor's opinion. 
And that night, at that family gathering, she hooked me. She gave me the biggest gift of my life because I went and I bought the book. And I did go to a meeting because, you see, I had just recently recovered from cancer surgery. And it was due to that surgery, as I lie in the bed, not knowing if I was going to live and die because I had so many complications from the surgery because I was so overweight, I didn't know if I was going to live or die. But during that time, I knew one thing. I wanted to live. And this young lady, several years after I recovered from my cancer surgery, was giving me the answer I needed, and she didn't even realize it. Because I was desperate. I mean desperate because I really wanted to live. And the reality is, she saved my life because I got the book, I went to a meeting, I learned, I got a sponsor, I worked the program. My sponsor insisted I go to a nutritionist and get a food plan, and I thought, oh, what do I got to waste my money and do this for? I know what I, what I should and shouldn't eat, but I was willing to follow instructions. I was willing to do the work. I no longer thought that I could do it. You see, because when I started reading the book, they spoke about our character defects, and they said that we lied, and I thought, I never lied. I never told anyone any lies. I'm an honest woman. And one night in my kitchen alone as I'm working this program. I'm preparing dinner and thinking about the big book and all the characteristics that it says that I had. And I said, wow, I used to lie to myself. I told the biggest lie. The biggest lie was I could do it if I wanted to. And the reality was, step one, I was powerless. I could not 
do this on my own. I needed a power greater than I. But you see, I was confused because I was always a woman of faith. And I went to church and I believed in God. But I used to think that I could tell him exactly what I needed. You see, I thought I was God. And I would say to him, now today, you better give me. And I gave him my list. And in the morning, I would tell him, I would like you to help me get thin. But I wasn't willing to put the food down. You see how insane this disease is? I was insane. I needed help. And I got that help through working these steps. And my sponsor, the gift of my first sponsor was she introduced me to a woman who had Charlie from Joe and Charlie the AA group, as her sponsor. The woman is since deceased, and she introduced me, my sponsor introduced me to her. And what the, her name was Roberta, and what she said to me when she first met me, early on, now it's 10 years that I've been in this program, I have had 10 years. Ten full years of abstinence, and I regret not one thing, not one day of it. It's been a joy, and it has filled me with joy. But this woman, when she first met me, when Roberta first met me, she said to me, now that you know what you didn't know, what are you going to do about it? I, When I first met her and she said that to me, I thought, what is she talking about? I don't even understand what she's asking me. But as I worked the program and I started to learn, that I was lying to myself. And what was I going to do about it? The reality is today, my relationship with God is so different from prior to program. This program, as Appendix 5, there's an appendix in the back of our big book, as it says, no matter what our faith is, this program enhances our relationship with a higher power. Gentle reminder. Thank you so much, Lynn. 
and the gift of this program. This morning, one of my sponsees, I worked with one of my sponsees, 9 o'clock this morning, and um, she texted me and she said, I'm running a little late, so can I call you five minutes later? Now the old Carmela would think, you have an appointment with me, you call me on time. And my response today was, of course, I'm here. Do not rush. Be careful. You see, my personality is even different. The way I look at people is so different. I live in Manhattan. The homeless all over the streets. There was a man on the bus. Today I I was running some errands and I was using the bus. And he smelt awful. Oh, man, he was homeless. And he was sitting across from me. And I took my handkerchief and put it in front of my nose. But you know what my first thought was? Not the old way, like, oh, man, did this bum have to get on this bus with me now? No. My first thought was, wow, this guy doesn't want to be like this. This poor guy is sick. He would love a hot shower. He would love to have clean clothes and feel nice and a warm bed to sleep in. This program did this for me because I would never think like that. If I were not in recovery. So, if there is anyone out there who wants to truly live and enjoy and be grateful, my suggestion is work the program because you deserve it because your higher power wants you to be happy, joyous, and free. And I, who thought I was a free, independent woman, strutting my stuff and bossing people around, realized that she was owned, owned by food. Could you imagine what an addict? And I will end with, recently, I have three great-great-nephews that I love dearly. They're 15, 17, and 20. And the 17-year-old sarcastically said to me one night as we were sitting at his brother's birthday party, it was just the family, it was all a little party for the 15-year-old, and he was cutting his cake, and the 17-year-old said, You mean to tell me if you had just one piece of that, you would be what you used to look like at 300 pounds. 
And I looked him in the eye and I said, yes, your aunt is an addict. Do you understand what an addict is? And the 15-year-old said, yes, we learned it in school. I said, thank you. Well, I am an addict, but thank God for today I am a recovered addict. And with that, I pass and thank you all.